Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast. This is the podcast to help you scale your Shopify store into a money-making machine. This podcast is brought to you by Yotpo. Make retention easy and affordable with Yotpo subscriptions. Download Yotpo subscriptions from the Shopify app store today and visit apps.shopify.com slash Yotpo subscription. Now over to your host, Nick Truman. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Winning with Shopify podcast. If it's your first time here, welcome to the show. Absolute pleasure to have you with us. And if you're a long-time subscriber, as I say every single week, welcome back. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review as well if you can. And that will be best done on the podcasting platform that you are listening to this episode on. Today is our last episode of June. Apologies we didn't post last week. Partly my fault, partly Byron's fault, partly a sponsor's fault that we didn't manage to get uh, get somebody lined up in time. Um, and just to clarify as well, it's not the person we've got on the show today. But apologies we didn't post last week. Um, last week is dead in the water. Just a quick flag as well. Next week, we've got a very, very exciting sponsor that's going to be starting. And um, we're doing a full month with a company called Recharge, who are one of the most popular apps on Shopify. Recharge is an amazing app that allows you to set up a subscription where your customers can subscribe. And rather than having to come back and make a different purchase every single time, the guys that are using Recharge can set somebody up on a subscription. It takes an automatic payment and then your, your customer can manage that payment themselves. They will do themselves a lot more justice than I just did trying to explain the, uh, the tool. But it is amazing. And that's going to kick off next week. We're going to be talking to a few of their Shopify store clients as well over the coming weeks. So make sure you tune in for that. Coming on to today's show then, today we're going to be talking all about customer service and I'm delighted to be joined by one of our favorite sponsors we've had on many, many times before um, and they are called Gorgeous, spelled G-O-R-G-I-A-S and Gorgeous used to be a little ticketing system to talk to your customers and it now does so much more. Today's guest is Neil Forrest, who is the strategic partner manager from Gorgeous. And so without further ado, Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Nick. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you with us, as always. Why don't we start by hearing a little bit about yourself, Neil, and a little bit about your background as well, because I heard just before we hit record that you also have had a Shopify store in the past. Yeah, uh, I do. I, I have a Shopify store currently uh, as well. So oh, It's an ongoing project. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still going live. So... I mean, I may as well plug it now. It's called the Tartan Scarf Company, tartanscarfcompany.co.uk. Nice. Uh, So unsurprisingly, a nice Scottish cliche for the Scottish guy, selling tartan. (laughs) But um, but yeah, my my, my back to like sort of who I am and why I'm here. Um, My background was sort of agency life, really. I worked at agency side for sort of four and a half years, uh, sorry, eight and a half years. And then during that time, I kind of worked with Gorgeous in a partnership capacity. And then I ended up joining Gorgeous uh, about six months ago now. So I've been working at Gorgeous. I worked with Gorgeous and I also have Gorgeous installed on my store and have done for the last sort of year and a half. So I've, I've, I've seen Gorgeous from a customer perspective and an agency perspective. And now I'm actually working for Gorgeous. So it's a, a slightly unique insight into things. Hmm. Definitely, definitely. And I find Shopify amazing, actually, because you're certainly not the first guest by any stretch of the imagination to be working sort of, um, I guess, sort of supplier side, you know, providing a piece of tech that people use on Shopify, but also running their own store as well. So I imagine you must have to juggle your time a little bit between working for Gorgeous themselves whilst also running the store and sending orders out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Although, I mean, like there's a beauty of Shopify again, 
is that so so much of it can be automated. Mm. And that was a big emphasis, or I, I placed a lot of emphasis on that when I was sort of designing the business, which was I wanted it to be low touch. And basically, you know, whenever an order comes in, I have a, f- a fulfillment company and a warehouse. So we'll pick it, pack it and post it. But like, you know, touch wood, we actually have a, a 0% returns rate, oh, wow. um, which is quite remarkable. So, uh, I mean, it, when you actually look into it in more detail, it kind of makes sense because we've got a low skew count and our product comes in one size. So you kind of know, you know what you're going to be buying, mm. but still very good uh, and quite low touch. And the other reason it's low touch is that it's so it's so seasonal. Because bear in mind, it's uh, I don't know it's where where people um, are all listening from, but I'm currently in London. It is about twenty odd degrees outside, and oh, it's, it's bright blue sunshine, uh, bright bright <laughs> bright blue skies and sunshine. So no one is buying tartan scarves. Uh, so therefore, it's quite low touch at the moment, <laughs> but it gives me time to focus on the B two B side. I think. Well, we should have. I mean, in my past life, I ran a uh, bamboo sunglasses company on uh, on Shopify, so we could have we could have joined forces and helped each other out in the different months. Um, you know, we could have used my store for summer and yours yeah. for winter, which uh, <laughs> would have been really convenient. But uh... I mean, perfect. Yeah, let's resurrect it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not touching it again. I think one of the things that I learned running the store is that I, I I'm I'm better at, at doing marketing and the kind of business side of things. I'm not so good when it comes to customer service. I'm, I'm far too, uh, which is what we're talking about today. I'm far too blunt and impatient for any of that sort of thing. So when a customer's got an issue, my first thought was, how do I get rid of them? Uh, rather than actually dealing with the problem or you know, trying to fix systems to make it better. So I'm definitely doing the right thing now. But let, let's, let's, let's come to customer service then. Yeah. So most of us, when we say customer service, we've all had some sort of engagement with a customer service team at some point. But in terms of yourself, Neil, and also Gorgeous, how do you guys define and explain what customer service is? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So before I actually joined Gorgeous, I knew about like MPS scores and customer satisfaction scores, but also there's a whole other level to sort of scoring um, how well brands are, or how good a brand's customer experience is. And typically brands fall into one of five levels. Level one being the like the, the the least good, and level five being the best. And for context, like only three percent of brands globally are at that level five stage. So, the likes of Amazon, they're your, your level five, and they've got an average response time when it comes to customer service requests of less than ten minutes, which is which is really fast. Um, and say with like about Amazon as a company, uh, I know we will have different opinions about it um, across the listeners. But if there's one thing they do extremely well, it's provide an exceptional customer experience, sometimes to the detriment of you know independent brands, because consumers just have such high expectations now, largely driven by Amazon. So that's your sort of level five. But most brands actually sit around level two. So what we're doing at Gorgeous is trying to get brands that are sitting around that sort of level two um, stage at the moment and get them onto sort of your threes and your fours and your uh, level five ideally and what level two means just to sort of define that a little bit more is there's a typical typically like an average response time of 12 hours and an average res- resolution time of like over 17 hours which i think is quite a long time to wait so i guess with that that time as well like just to make the point nothing's happening during that time is it as far as the customer's concerned they're just waiting for a message exactly. to come back just to say like you know what's actually happened so I guess, you know, we plugged the tartan scarf company. I've got open on my screen. It does look amazing. Um, but talking about Gorgeous then, like for <laughs> anyone who's not caught any of our previous episodes, 
what does gorgeous do and i mean you've hinted towards one of the what i think is one of the most amazing features and that is the response time without without necessarily a human having to even type a message isn't it there's options to do that yeah yeah of course so i mean uh, a very quick summary of what gorgeous does um we're number one help desk software for e-commerce brands and we pull together all the support channels that um, a, a merchant will have with their customers into one platform so email phone live chat sms all your social media comments um your social media direct messages and that's across like instagram facebook you can pull in twitter as well and we're about to launch a, a whatsapp integration which i'm very excited about so if you can imagine all of those support channels in one place means that you don't need to flick between different tabs or like at scale uh, you don't have a social media team who needs to send questions to a customer service team and go back and forth so really what we're doing is massively cutting down the time it takes to find information about a customer find the answer to their question and then present that information back to them and you you, you touched on it nick is like there's the human side of it like um you know if a brand is providing their own customer service then they can do that via the human touch but there's also we give users the, the ability to self-serve and find information to basic questions themselves which i think is such a powerful thing isn't it because you could almost remove the entire requirement for the customer service interaction in the first place because quite a lot of the time certainly you know massive background in seo do a lot of seo optimization day to day and one of the things we're always trying to do is preempt every question and get the answers out there straight away so let's use the tartan scarves um if you were thinking of buying one and let's say like you said you don't know where a lot of our users are based and actually tartan is quite a well-known thing in scotland and nearby neighboring countries like england where where we're both currently sitting but actually somebody in 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 the us or brazil or wherever might be sitting there thinking what is tartan so actually from an seo point of view we want a page that says what is tartan and explains where tartan came from the different types of tartan that it's not it's not a specific correct me if i'm wrong on this neil but it's not a specific color it's the pattern isn't it and the material that creates something that would then be classified as tartan and that that is your customer service query. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I need to hire you to do my SEO <laughs> because uh, you're right. I should have a page on there saying what is tartan. Um, but yeah, you're like like spot on. That is that yeah. is what tartan good. Is. Well, that, that, that's that's certainly a good thing. But I think yeah, just jumping back to the customer service thing, if you had that as a you know thing on every product page because you found out that that was one of the things that people were particularly asking your customer service team then Gorgeous would automatically say, you know, you're asking what is Tartan? Well, let me just send you the answer. And then if you still want to continue and speak to a human, you can, and we'll get back to you ASAP. But we may have already answered your question. Yeah, so I kind of I, I kind, of, kind of think of uh, our sort of self-serve automation as like the evolution of FAQs because I, t- I tend to, like going back to my agency days, um, I remember when we start to see your know, FAQs requests become more more popular. And that was largely due to you know a challenge of uh, or the, the brands were seeing were seeing the same questions over and over again, usually reaching out by phone, and that being expensive resource and time heavy resource. So FAQs pages became the norm, and this was the way that people could kind of or brands could head off these uh, easy questions. But then I think people got a little bit lazier, and people don't really want to search for another separate FAQs page. And they just want to find the information to all the all the questions in their head on one page, or potentially 
you know, quickly open up a live chat session and speak to somebody. So what the our self-service or automation side of it does is allow you to sort of include FAQs type questions directly within the live chat. Uh, so questions that you know you're going to get asked often and you know that people are going to reach out by chat or, or by email, then just include them in there. Give the user the, the answer to their question that they're going to ask without the need to wait for human interaction. And then the chances of them converting from that session are so much higher because they've got that information within seconds as opposed to minutes or hours. Yeah, definitely. And I think you say about Google getting lazy. I think Google's done a lot to be able to kind of index FAQs and things quite well. The challenge is, though, that Google are essentially asking people to have an entire brand story, product information, reasons to buy, FAQs, everything, pretty much on just the product page they land on. Is you know from certainly from an SEO point of view, there's we've got a massive internal checklist here of things you should have on the page, and FAQs is pretty high on that list, um, which I think is really important. But Neil, you you told me just before we hit record, you were talking about the fact that you've got these. Certainly, you guys have got these uh, four things that you think every brand owner should be doing from a customer service perspective. So I'd love it if we could go through them one by one and so everybody can sort of learn, actually, these are some of the things that I need to be doing in my business. And um, again, everybody listening, let's see which ones you're doing, which ones you're not. Yeah, nice. Um, so what I'll do is, uh, yeah, okay, I guess I can list the four of them. And before I do that, actually, the, the reason that kind of put these together is partly because it's you know, something that I have seen work well personally for me um, and other gorgeous customers or stuff that it's stuff that I know I should be doing better and I kind of have in my strategy for Q3 and Q4 of this year. So it's not just a case of me sitting here being like, oh, you should do this because gorgeous is great or this is what you should be doing if you're not doing it, you're an idiot. It's quite the opposite. It's like, this is what I think we as brand owners should be doing. And um, I know that I can do better uh, at some of this stuff myself. So it's kind of like a, a challenge to myself and other brand owners out there to to go back to basics on some stuff and remember that regardless of tech there's certain things within our business that can really impact the customer experience and therefore you know how much revenue we're making yeah which leads me on to uh i guess tip one which is simply be fast because if you know we if we can if we can if we can be fast we provide a better customer experience which is going to lead to higher conversions which is going to lead to more revenue which is really why most of us are in e-commerce. And the, there's a stat that we kind of use at Gorgeous, which really stands out to me and that cements why it's so important to, to be delivering a fast and exceptional customer experience. It's 79% of consumers would take their business to a competitor within a week for experiencing poor customer experience. And for me, as a consumer, thinking with my consumer hat on, like speed is the easiest thing that a brand can, can control and the, for me, the biggest factor in whether or not I've received a good or bad customer experience. I mean, 79% as well, that is an enormous number. But as you say, like, you know, using the example of Amazon, Amazon is almost instantaneous now when it comes to support, or even if it's remotely automated, it starts giving you answers that I think is so important. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I, I was actually at an event the other day, and someone was talking about Amazon again. And he was like, it's weird. I just have this natural response these days where if I need something and I don't have it in my house, I just take out my phone, I type in AMA and within 
you know, three seconds, I'm on Amazon looking for a product and then it's probably delivered that day or the next day. And I was like, that's mm. weirdly the exact same as, <laughs> as, as my buying habits as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think it's it, the fact that that's available as an option now. And I think this is where so many retailers are struggling a little bit to understand what the world's actually looking like. And that's a massive statement to say on a small podcast about Shopify. Um, but people want they want that real time fast experience. They you know you're buying something to replace something that's not you know either either something that's broken or something that's not there right now. And again, the expectation is there. So sometimes when we talk to brands and we say, look, you we're the only advert on Google right now without free delivery mentions. And they say, oh, we could never do that. It's like, I'm sorry, but I think you need to find a way to do it. You know, like it's, or, or at least, you know, you, furniture is a good example. That can take a week or two to arrive, big piece of furniture. How do we get it out in two days? Because sitting there in a warehouse, it just needs to reach the customer. Is, is there an option where we can get it there in two days? And, oh, that's going to be expensive. Okay, but can we find a cost-effective solution? Because then we can say delivered in two days and nobody else can because it's too complicated. And there you go. There's your like, differentiator for your, for your brand. And your like your customer experience can be your differentiator. If you can like shave even just a day, like off like a long delivery time like that for for furniture, like you're instantly at a competitive advantage over your over your competitors. So one of the biggest dangers then is that I've I've certainly seen um, seen recently is when people start saying things on their site like you know delivery delivery is two days on average. And then three days later, there's still no package arrived. And you're like, where is it? And then you go back to the site and it says, oh, it's up to a week to dispatch. <laughs> and you're like, dispatch isn't a thing. Customers do not recognize the word no. dispatch. Dispatch doesn't mean anything to yeah. us. You just tell me how long it is between I click and when it arrives. And I think that there's definitely a balance to be had between you. You have to be absolutely accurate that how long between clicking the payment option and it's saying payment successful, how long between clicking that and the product arriving that's what you put down as your delivery information because yeah. yeah dispatch times absolutely nothing and i think you've got to find a balance between making that as fast as you can so you have that element of speed etc cetera, etc cetera, whilst coupling that with being realistic and real and if it is going to be slow actually just setting that expectation or even saying we offer slower delivery but it's carbon neutral yeah, exactly. you know that's something i've seen more and more recently is you know we opt for slower delivery so our products move when there's space on a truck as opposed to it moves when we tell them to move, which then means it's more eco-friendly because you've got a full truck. Yeah, 100%. I think it goes back to like the value that, that certain customers will will have or, or how how customers perceive value because you know, some, of these, some people will value speed. But, and I realize that this is, uh, you know, like my tip one is like be fast. But there's also the people who, who don't necessarily you know, mind about speed, especially when it comes to things like shipping, and they do care more about it being carbon neutral or the quality of of the delivery or whatever it might be. I guess it's like about for me balancing like being quick with your with your responses to your customer, but also making sure that you're answering the question and giving them like you know a quality service at the same time, like not not being like sharp sharp or, or curt with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what what's tip number two then? What is the the thing that brands should be doing? So tip number two is for me i think all brands should be treating social media as a support channel and i guess the reason for that is so like we at gorgeous we have over 100 million tickets a year so we've got tons of data to look at and this is actually like a data-driven reason for this one actually so at the moment email is still the largest support channel um about 81 82 percent 
of all tickets that we get through Gorgeous are on email. Then the next most popular is live chat, about 10%. And then it's about 8.3% for like social media tickets. And I mean, include SMS in there as well. But that 8.3%. I am surprised by that, if I'm honest. Yeah. Especially as Gorgeous pushes social so much. It's such, that is such a low number. And I think you're absolutely right. It definitely needs to be increased. I think it's like a habit thing. Like people are just so used to using email to contact brands for support that hmm. like that's still going to be the norm for a while. But the interesting thing about that 8.3% is that it's also the fastest growing by far. So this is like the sort of the paradigm shift that we've seen within customer service, moving away from traditional channels like email to non-traditional channels like social media, which is why we need to be you know, doing everything we can as brand owners to, to maximize the return on that channel, especially if we're spending a lot of money on, on paid social ads, because like the cost for, for acquisition on, on social media is just going through the roof at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the more activity you can have on social, the more you're going to show up, people are going to find you. But I guess one question then is, so obviously from, from what you just said, it makes sense to do more customer service through social. How can you make that happen? Like how can you encourage customers to want to go on social to, to use it more? For me, I don't know if it's necessarily about encouraging people to choose one channel over the other. I think, or from what I've seen, customers will choose the channel that they, or reach out on the channel that they want to reach out on. And it's important that brands meet the, their, meet their customers on their preferred channel, which is why you know, having everything in one place um, allows you to, to have that kind of single customer view. So that someone reaches out to you by email and then on social media and then maybe calls you. We've got that, like we can see that they've done that and we can respond to whatever channel like they have chosen to, to reach out on. I mean, sure, there's, there's, there's got to be strategies there where you can actively encourage people to, to reach out to you on social media if that is what you want as a brand. Like if that's what you want your primary support channel to be, then that makes sense. But I think ultimately consumers are always going to choose whatever channel that they want or feel most comfortable on. Cool. Now that, that, that makes perfect sense then. And um, you've also just highlighted actually an amazing feature of Gorgeous, which is that if somebody gets in touch with you through one channel and then gets in touch with you through another channel, so let's say they have a little moan on Twitter, yeah. then they go on Facebook and have a little moan to their friends on Facebook and at you on there. Then they send you an email that's actually quite polite with the facts. Your, your system won't see that as three different things, will it? It will see it as one, one in, engagement, basically, from that single customer, which also then means you can deal with it and you can see the extent of how far and wide has this customer gone exactly. with their, you know, publicly, these guys are absolute whatevers. Um, whereas privately, they're actually kind of like, oh, could you just send a replacement? It's, it's good, but not great. You know, that yeah, exactly. And I guess that's the, the beauty of it is that we can see the different channels, the different types of messaging, and we have uh, sentiment detection built in as well. So our AI analyzes what, uh, what the sentiment of, of each message, and it will flag whether or not it's negative or threatening or offensive, or even if there's, there's a, an emoji that's been used that has a negative connotation. Um, we can actually segment out those tickets so that you can kind of deal with them accordingly. Quite often, there'll be a particular agent or team that that you know that, that either enjoys dealing with that stuff or is just simply like well trained in it. So it makes sense to segment them out. 
I mean, I was going to say you'd obviously send the most offensive ones to the senior management. But that's exactly <laughs> pretty much what you said of just whoever's best to deal yeah. with it. Because I think, yeah, and, and I guess the nature of the issue as well, if it's just like, oh, my product arrived broken, then it's like, okay, fine. If somebody claims like my product caused me to, uh, you know, cut my hand open and I'm on my way to hospital, then it's like flipping it. We probably need a board member or somebody to be, <laughs> you know, to jump in and deal with this one. Yeah, that's where the, the Facebook hide button comes in handy nice <laughs> uh, but no, no, no that's, i know that's, i know that's against a lot of people's policy though yeah definitely it's not exactly transparent no it's not um, at all but i guess like, like that that was like the negative side of it like you need to remember the positive side as well because although people like having a moment on social media there is still the people who will be like oh my god i love this item or i love the the way that you delivered this the packaging or tagging their friends saying oh my god this is so new we need to buy this and we could also identify the positive side of things because that's potentially you know more important actually no i take that back i think they're both equally as important but that just means that somebody is actively thinking about your brand and commenting about you so therefore it's an opportunity to reach out and potentially acquire a new customer if you can be fast and be proactive on that so if we can segment if we can segment all of those like different types of comments out it just makes that so much easier amazing um cool i mean i was going to ask a question about that and you just answered my question specifically is what about all the good stuff on social um and as as you said rightly so you know the more engagement you have on facebook that is positive and then i kind of added in that you know google will see that but it's you know you rightly said it's so expensive to acquire customers in these social channels and sometimes you'll acquire somebody from google and they'll click on the facebook link on your site and go like how big are these guys and go hang on a minute, they've only got 50 followers and two of them are moaning and I'm not ordering from this brand. So I think the more good activity you can have on there, the more you can respond to people saying, we're glad you love it. You know, we've, there's something else landing in, in two months time. So keep an eye out on your emails. And, um, you know, little things like that, just, it just makes all the difference. You know, the brand suddenly has a voice and a personality. So what what's number three then on the list? Uh, so number three is, this is a quite specific one. But it's something that I want to do more of on my brand. And I didn't realize like how impactful it can be uh, until I joined Gorgeous. But it's to engage pre-sales with pro- proactive chat campaigns because this can really boost conversions. And going back to like the you know the all, all the data that we collect, I talked about like the, the sentiment, being able to identify that. We can also identify the intent. And a third of all tickets that we get are pre-sales questions. So you know, people who are considering buying. Wow. Which is which I, I thought was quite high. It's very high, yeah. So a third of, third of people are, are, have got questions before buying a product. Um, so I'll give you an example. Like one of our customers, they're called uh, OG Luxury Organics. They sell uh, lip oil, amongst other things. And they were seeing that they got a ton of questions about what shade should I choose? So what they did was set up a proactive little chat um chat campaign chat box that pops up when someone has been on that page uh, for a certain amount of time and it says do you need help choosing the perfect uh, lip tint shade mm. because they said because they they realized that they were getting so many questions about it and what they did was have a dedicated team kind of sitting to answer these questions and this kind of goes back to tip one actually which was they were just being fast with getting back to people and People were asking them for their recommendation. They were giving an answer. And then literally minutes later, people were people were buying not just that product, but lots of other products. Um, so it had a net effect of increasing conversions. The conversion rate across sort of these proactive chat campaigns that I've seen 
range from like 10 to 25%, which is you know very, very high. But it also has the effect of usually increasing average order value because they feel more confident in this product that they're choosing. And that has a knock-on effect in other products that they choose as well. So tip three for me is if you can be proactive, leverage tech to do that. And I, I just find it absolutely amazing. I mean, two points. Number one is that 33%, you know, say one in three tickets that you get at Gorgeous is pre-sale. It just, I mean, my first gut reaction was, well, hang on a minute, we need to make our marketing better. <laughs> uh, you know, make sure the landing pages explain enough information. But I think it also shows something which we're going to, as a, you know, if you only run one website, you're going to struggle to change this, I'm afraid. But it shows that we're not going to be able to change the way people actually want to engage and the way they want to interact. And asking a human a question on live chat is obviously so easy. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got a human, so you can kind of, they, you know, they, you're hoping that they don't just say, yes, it does yeah. that. You're hoping they say, it does that. And we've been developing this for five years, actually. And a couple of the features that do come with this product that also would help you in, you know, if you say it was a, a rock climbing product, um, you know, this particular product will also is super durable and it's got a lifetime guarantee. Yeah. And you think about rock climbing, lifetime guarantee. Well, my life is on the line here. So mm. I, I want to make sure it's got a good guarantee. And the second thing as well, I think, is, is the fact that there's good technology now that if you don't have somebody ready to jump on and have a live chat conversation, because that's always been the pushback from a lot of our clients, then you've, you, you've got the option of using something like Gorgeous that can either sort of delay them whilst keeping them engaged by talking to them, um, or better than that, actually provide the answer and solution there and then. So by the time that a human does get back, you actually just find the conversation's finished and, uh, yeah, and they've purchased, which means you can move on with your life and you've got the money which is a, a huge win for all of us. Yeah, spot on. Um, I think the other thing that you just touched on there, which is you know, fairly, fairly new to me, or a shift in mindset for me, actually, is uh, you know people saying that oh, we don't have the, the resource in-house to, to be faster or whatever. There are some really, really, really good customer service outsourcing companies these days. I hadn't realized quite, quite how good they are and almost like were totally seamless in that, consumers wouldn't be able to tell that they're speaking to you know someone that doesn't work with the brand because brands and these outsourcing companies are so hot on training up the staff as if they were a team member and getting them to be product experts oh wow so yeah like i i would say to anyone listening who's maybe thinking you know i'd love to to do some of this but i just don't have the resource i would look at uh, some customer service outsourcing companies and i don't know if um if I can give out my email address on this or not, am I allowed to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, crack yeah. on. No, we're, we're I, very open here. And if anyone, if anyone does want to to chat about that side of it, then I can put in touch with people. But my email address is neil, N-E-I-L, dot forest, F-O-R-R-E-S-T, uh, gorgeous. And I'd be happy to kind of help on that side of it. Cool, amazing. And I mean, last but not least, in the interest of time, what is point number four, the fourth thing that all brand owners should be doing with their customer service? Point four is... Um, allow customers or empower customers to self-serve and we actually this earlier but again the actual data behind it and the reason for it is if one third of tickets are pre-sales questions it means that two thirds are post-sales questions so things like um, shipping status people want to refund returns cancellations subscription changes whatever it is and the most obvious one being uh, the most common question in e-commerce which is where is my order if we can give people that information super fast, there's a high chance that you're going to remove a lot of the manual workload that you that you possibly currently have as a brand. So you'll save yourself and your brand a lot of time. 
but you will uh, but you'll also provide a much higher level of customer experience, which leads to to retention. Um, and you know, we've all we've, we've all probably been there, or at least can understand why this might happen. But we see people sometimes reaching out within seconds of placing an order because they've either put in the wrong shipping address or they forgot to add an item or they bought it by mistake, whatever it might be. So people can place an order and that post-purchase experience needs to be like bang on from like seconds after the purchase. And I mean, something I was going to say, uh, which I'm just going to add on to that is that, it, which you've already mentioned is about the lifetime value. I think as soon as somebody's purchased something, you've got a very short window to start building some trust with them so that they purchase again. Because again, this is probably the third time or fourth time we mentioned it on this, how expensive is it to get a new customer? It's expensive. So if you can just provide good customer experience that they automatically think, right, next payday, I'm going to buy another one of these and I'm going to come back to uh, come back to that same store to make that purchase. Well, again, if you, if, you could do the, if you could do the hard work now completely automatically without having to lift a finger because you've set up a good system to do it, you're already getting that purchase. You don't have to focus mm-hmm. on trying to hook them back with your email yeah. and your text messages. And don't get me wrong, all those things are really good and healthy and we're seeing record numbers across lots of our clients with them. Um, but yeah, absolutely amazing if you can just provide such a good service, they come back without a prompt. Yeah, absolutely. It was interesting. Um, about three weeks ago, I actually put a question out on my LinkedIn. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was along the lines of, for um, like out of curiosity to everyone that kind of is in my network that works in ecom, what do you think is going to be the biggest contributor to growth for D 2 C brands? And I would say ninety percent of the answers were, were about probably ninety five percent of the answers were saying like big focus on retention, but then taking that like a step back, people were just saying keep it simple, like have a good product, have a good customer service. And like, if you've got those two things, then your growth will sometimes just take care of itself. Well, look, Neil, it's been so good having you on the show today. I really appreciate your time. A final question. I mean, you mentioned your email address. If people want to find out more about Gorgeous, like what's the starting price? How do they get to the website? How do they hear more about this? Uh, yeah, so they can obviously, I mean, they can get in touch through, through you, I believe. Um, they can be, reach out directly to me, so neil.forest at gorgeous.com. If you do want to get more information about it, the, the domain name is just gorgeous.com. But also, I would recommend looking at uh, YouTube because there's tons of good resource on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. And in turn, you mentioned price there. Uh, it starts at $60 per month or actually $50 per month if you pay it annually. But if you do, if anyone wants to reach out to me uh, and say that they kind of heard this podcast, then um, we can offer you two months for free as well. Amazing. Well, there we go, everybody. Another reason to listen to uh, the podcast. We've got the most amazing guests. So again, Neil, thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. It's been a, it's been a blast. Great stuff. And yeah, for everybody else listening, again, next week, we've got an amazing series starting with Recharge, the subscription app for Shopify. So make sure you tune into that. Um, thanks again for listening today. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, leave us a little review, and we hope to have you joining us again next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter for exclusive offers at winningwithshopify.com. And don't forget to check out our Facebook group by searching for Winning with Shopify on Facebook. Over and out.